We're in a series that Sean continued last week about dressed for success. And Sean preached a great sermon on the subject of meekness. And uh, we are really blessed by God's word coming alive in our hearts. And we're going to continue this this morning. Before I read the scripture, which is our key text, let me say that often we try and find some illustration that draws the congregation into wanting to know about the topic that we're speaking on. And maybe I'll draw those illustrations from life, from experience, or maybe I'll draw them from a book, an illustration I've read somewhere. And I just couldn't find one that fitted into this talk this morning. So I thought if I can't find one, I'm going to make one. I don't mean make it up. I'm going, to mean I'm going to make something happen that I can use as an illustration. So yesterday, my wife and I were on our way to meet some people from the church, and it was, um, we were in the journey. I said, Nita, I'm speaking on a terrific subject tomorrow. And she said, what is it? I said, I'll tell you later. And she said, why did you say that, that it was a good subject, then refused to tell me? I said, it's okay, I'll tell you another time. She said, tell me now. I said, no, it's okay, you can wait. She said, I want to know, why would you tease me with this? And I said, don't worry, it'll make no difference to your life. I'll tell you maybe later on tonight or tomorrow. She says, tell me now. And I said, okay, I'm speaking about patience. Thank you for the illustration. Thank you very much, Nita. Isn't that true of so often in our lives? We're so keen to discover the purpose, the meaning, to understand, to race into the fulfillment that we don't handle the tension of not comprehending everything. And patience is not a passive thing. Patience is a very powerful and active, it's a, it's, it involves, as we're going to see in a few moments' time, a, a real energy on the people of God. But patience is one of those items that God has placed in the wardrobe of new believers that is so significant. It's not just a nice thing to have. It is a significant thing, and I'm about to show you that if you do not wear patience in your life, you will not experience the fullness of the things that God has for you. Patience is not just a nice character trait. Patience is a spiritual item of clothing that we are called to put on that allows us to step into newness in our lives. And our key text is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. Words will appear on the screen. Let me read them to you. Since God chose you. Yay. I know we cheered that a few weeks ago, but you're still allowed to cheer truth. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Notice the, act, the activity is about us putting on the clothes, he provides the clothes, we get dressed in them. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, 
Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We've looked at previously that what we choose to wear often in society can project something about us. So if you put a uniform on, it communicates authority. But also what we wear persuades us internally. So someone might wear a police uniform, it communicates authority to those around them, but also it instills a sense of authority in them that they know that they're able to make some decisions. Our clothing impacts us and impacts others. And the clothes that we choose to wear daily in our lives, the spiritual clothing, the wardrobe that Christ has furnished us with when we came to him and we were no longer the people we were, the Bible says you're not a modified version of who you were, you are a new version of who you were. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and there is a new wardrobe in your life. And you find it so easy and I find it so easy to get dressed in the things that we used to get dressed in, in the old self. But we're a new self and we've got a new wardrobe. It's a new day. It's time to put on some new fashion, guys. What we wear impacts us. And I'm going to look at one of the challenges around patience is around this illustration that I mentioned with Nita that we're always keen to accelerate towards the conclusion, the answer, the punchline. The, the finality of the story. We're keen to go there. Now, the wonderful thing about this is the Bible gives us a, a clarity of what the end of the story looks like. The, we have an enemy right now. The Bible says, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, rulers of this dark world. But the Bible also says that Jesus saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven, that he's defeated. The enemy doesn't wear shoes because he has no feet because he's been defeated. Yay! <laughs> The, the, don't worry, it doesn't get any worse. That the reality is that the enemy has been overcome because of the precious sacrifice of Jesus, his death and resurrection. It made a public spectacle of the enemy, overpowering him and overcoming him by the cross. And so we know the end of the story is not one where there's going to be a big contest and we like flip a coin, which one's going to win. We know that God is all victorious. We know that um, God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. We know that Jesus is coming again. We know there's so many things about the end of the story, but we're not there yet. And there is a desire in us often to push into what's ahead, but what we're not yet stepping into. Even this works not just on a macro level, but on a micro level. Have you ever done this? You're in a conversation with someone, and when they start the sentence off, you think you know what they're going to say. And so you've already worked out an answer to what you think they're going to say. And you may even interject and tell them what they're going to say. Do you ever do that? Why do we do that? Why are we so... Lacking patience that we just don't let them finish a sentence. Or we just wait for them. Why are we so keen to try and preempt what's going on in the conversation? Um, if there's a mystery, we want it to be revealed and we want to understand. Stories. We like to tie up the ends of stories. I, I quite enjoy reading novels. And um, in fact, one of 
my strengths and one of my weaknesses is that I read things quickly. I'm a speed reader. In fact, if I, probably this is a, um, a good example uh, um, that I can illustrate with how um, I listen to audiobooks. If you've never listened to an audiobook, I enjoy audiobooks. And um, I put an audiobook on, but I, I listen um, at two to three times the speed that the author read it. And, and that's fine, I sort of zone in, it, it's something I've learned to do, but occasionally my phone, which I'm listening to the audiobook on, will sync up to my stereo in the car, and my family will get in the car, and suddenly he'll start playing the audiobook, and they say, Daddy, you're listening to the Smurfs or something. You know, what is going on? And they speak in a different language. Um, and you learn to zone in, but you see, one of the reason I did that was because um, I, I thought if I listen to them faster, I can read more books. But one of the dangers, the, the weakness of that, is that I can be so focused on getting to the end that I don't actually get the content fully. I don't appreciate the detail because I'm so obsessed with finishing. And so often, lacking patience in our lives, it causes us to miss a lot. And God doesn't call us to clothe ourselves in patience because he's a bit delayed or because he's trying to frustrate us. He's calling us to clothe ourselves in patience because there's detail that he wants to develop in us. Patience is a gift. Patience is a grace. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, which we'll look at in a moment, that allows us to extract fully the purposes of God. The mystery, the unresolved understanding, the gap between something starting and finishing all challenge our patience. I've had numerous times in my life when I felt that God has spoken a word into my life. I remember just after Nita and I got married and we were attending a church in a village in South Wales and there was a visiting speaker um, that I, I think she was from the States and she came and spoke that morning and just in the middle of a sermon she pointed to Nita and I and she said, God says one day you're going to lead a wonderful church. And we thought, nah. <laughs> Nita's thinking, me, a pastor's wife? I'm thinking, me, a pastor? Nah. And years later, that was when I was in my early 20s, so maybe like five years on now, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is that wonderful church. Certainly, I believe, I believe I can't get any more wonderful than this. And yet, it was more than five years in that journey. There was a, there was a gap between the seed of the word, and the fulfillment. And that gap really is a test of patience. There have been many of those words. I remember when I was in my teens going to a service and there was a well-known speaker that was I'm known for being quite prophetic. And again, he gets up to speak and he points me out and he says, God has said, that you are going to be used by him to bring thousands of people into the kingdom. Me? Teenager? With no experience? And yet over the years I've had the privilege 
of being involved in leading initiatives that have seen thousands of people come to the kingdom. And I believe there's still an ongoing work of that. I believe it's not finished, it's not done. But there's a gap between the word and the fulfillment. And that gap, I've got a word for you today. And that is don't avoid the gap. And I'm going to have, hopefully, an equal amount of inspiration as to why you should embrace that gap and also an equal amount of warning as to why you shouldn't avoid it. Because that gap is really important. The gap between the promise and the fulfillment is somewhere that you can find God in a very precious way. But to be in that place, to encounter the Lord... You must clothe yourselves in patience. Now, patience sounds like a really passive word. It sounds like a twiddling of my thumbs. It sounds like sitting in a traffic jam and not really having the ability to do anything. It feels like it's just hanging around. That's not what patience is. Patience is quite a proactive expression. And we, we understand this because in Hebrews 12, it talks about us, let us run the race. In the New King James Version, it says, with patience. Now, you can't be passive and run. Run takes energy. Let us run. Let's be employed in this journey with patience. It's a, an active source. Other translations use the word perseverance or the word endurance that there's a patience and endurance that takes energy it's a choice to clothe yourself it's going to the wardrobe and saying I am going to place on me patience and unless you do you will miss what God wants to do in you patience has life it's not doing nothing it is definitely being involved in something that takes energy and life. Reaching the finishing line or the fulfillment or the fruitfulness of a promise requires patience. We see this in many Bible characters. One of my favorite Bible characters is Joseph. Joseph, we, we know, had this experience where he was a young teenage boy where he had two dreams, dreams of Promises that God had given him about some things that I don't know if he thought they were going to happen the moment he had them. I don't know if he thought that as he shared these stories about his brothers bowing down before him, that it would be something that within the next few hours, the next few days, that he would see become a reality. But what was his reality between the then, or between the now, that word that he had now, and the then, which was the fulfillment of that, was this big bit in the middle of the not yet. And there's a not yet in all of our lives. And it's not a period of time where God's on holiday. It's a period of time where God is deepening something in us that prepares us for the then. And we live in a society that wants to skip the not yet, to bypass it. And I want to just sound to you today that if you've spent the journey of your life trying to skip the not yet, you will never step into the fulfillment of the then. 
You continually live in the now. More about that in just a moment. But Joseph, we see that his brothers, instead of embracing this word, encouraging it, they sold him into slavery. And we see the injustice that Joseph experienced on many occasions on the journey of his life. But eventually, we see that God raises him up to be a prime minister of Egypt, to be someone with the wisdom and the skill and the insight and the spiritual leadership to stop thousands of people dying in a famine. And his brothers come and they bow down before him. And the now became the then. Because Joseph was faithful and patient in the not yet. The now, the then, and the not yet. At Christmas, my daughter, my wonderful daughter who was singing this morning, she bought me a present. And it was a chili plant except it wasn't growing, it was in a box, and it had, um, what do you call them, a a jug, vards, what do you call them, pot, a pot, a pot, (laughs) interactive sermon today, any contributions you want for any word, just send them in on a postcard and I'll try and use them, it was was a pot, it was some earth, some compost, and some seeds in a packet, and all I had to do was to combine these items together, follow the instructions and combine them. So I put the earth in the pot, made a little hole, put the seeds in. And then I woke up the next morning, and there was this five-foot chili plant. It's amazing. Never mind Jack and the Beanstalk. It was, of course, you laughed because you know that's not what happened. Because between the now of planting and the then of chilies growing, there's quite a long not yet. Is anything happening during that time? Because it didn't look like. I woke up the next morning, and on the windowsill, where the sun was coming through the window, of this freshly watered earth, there was nothing. I woke up the next day, and as the... Mind you, I'm going to lose you if I pretend there was sun two days on the row. When the rain was coming through the windows outside... This plant, freshly watered pot, there was nothing. If I remember correctly, it was probably about three or four weeks later, I saw tiny, tiny, little green shoot just trying to poke its head out of the earth. It didn't look like the fulfillment of the dream, but it was quite encouraging that there was some sign of life. Well, I'm glad to say that eight months later, that while I haven't yet picked a fully grown chili off there, there are, I reckon, around 80 chilies growing on that plant. Man, we are going to have a curry. We're going to have chilies in everything when these things grow. Just watch your spicy communion cups, you know, just there's going to be chili everywhere. But you know how plants work, and you know that even though we couldn't see what was taking place on the surface, there was a lot taking place beneath. If I tried to help it, if I said, you know, I I, I want to pull that green shoot and extend it, stretch it in some way, to try and extract it, to try and make it happen, you know that I would have ended up taking away this plant from the roots that needed to grow And it wouldn't 
have grown fruit. And so often in our lives, we try and bypass the not yet, and we end up missing the fruit. The gift of the wardrobe of God and the patience that he gives us is a grace that allows us to be ready for the chilies to grow, for the fruit to come, for the fulfillment to be realized, for the mystery to be explained. Unless the roots go down in those periods of time of the not yet. And is there a formula as to how long that not yet is? Yes, there is. And the formula is when God says it's time for the next season. Is there a common length of time for that? No. But let me, I'm going around my notes here, so excuse me while I just try and find the scripture. In Galatians 6 verse 9, it says this, let us not become weary in doing good. Just pause there a moment. How can that relate to the life of Joseph? Well, Joseph's patience wasn't just sat around doing nothing. Joseph's patience was manifest by his faithfulness to the Lord. Even in the face of injustice and disappointment and hurt, he was faithful. If Joseph hadn't been faithful at those times, would he have ever known the fulfillment of that seed of the promise of God in the dream? I don't believe he would have. If Joseph had reacted, if Joseph had gone and blown the things that God had spoken to him by rebelling against the things of God. Now, there's always mercy and forgiveness, but if he had tried to bypass the journey of God, he wouldn't have experienced the fulfillment of God. In our lives, the same is true of us. And it says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Because even when the plant was showing no signs of life or just small green shoots, I still needed to expose it to right things and right conditions. It still needed sunshine. It still needed water. You know how that works with plants. And the same is true of the Lord. We apply God into the midst of our lives by going to the wardrobe and choosing to wear patience. Back to the verse, Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, there's a proper time. There's a moment when creation and nature says, now it's time for the chili flowers to bud. There's a time when it says, now is the time for the acorns to grow. There's a time where it says, now is the time for the strawberries to ripen. There's a time when God looks over his people and says, now is the time for the fulfillment of God's promise. He speaks that over you. But to bring us to that place, we have to not become weary in doing good. In other words, wear patience. And it says, if we will wear patience, if we will not become weary in doing good, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not become weary in your not yet season. 
Don't stop hoping. Don't stop watering. Don't stop feeding the seeds of what God's saying. Don't stop running with perseverance and endurance. Don't give up. Clothe yourselves in patience. Take on that garment of patience and say, I choose this day to keep trusting that God is the Lord of my season. And at the proper time, at the due moment, at the due season, he will cause me to step into the promises. At the due season, there is a due season in our lives. See, I've noticed that in the propensity we have to bypass wearing patience and to try and bypass the not yet, that it makes us vulnerable in lots of ways. You know, there's some things that I believe happen in churches that feed the impatience of God's people against the will and the purpose of God. Who wants a breakthrough this morning? We want a breakthrough, don't we? And there are times when, you know, I believe God is the Lord of being able to bring a breakthrough into our lives. I believe that scriptures have illustration after illustration of the suddenly moments. It talks about though morning may last for a night, joy comes in the morning. There's breakthrough and joy that comes. There's a moment when God says, now is the due season. But I have to say, Because I have, as a teacher of God's word, I will have to give an account before God. The Bible says that teachers are judged more harshly than others. Because he will ask me how I have used my influence to teach from his word. And if I don't do his word justice, I will be accountable for that. And I have to say, The prayers that some of you need are not to have hands laid on you by a famous preacher so that you will know a breakthrough moment. What you need is to put your patience on. Because there are times we're praying for breakthrough when God is building roots. And sometimes our prayers for breakthrough are an attempt to bypass the journey of God in spiritual language. And now that might sound quite harsh to say because, you know, surely God's got the best in store for us. He has. That's why he wants to grow roots. Because he has the best in store for you. And if you're trying to bypass his journey, you're basically saying, I I don't need what you've got for me. I'll do it my own way. And patience or the lack of patience is denying the journey of God in our life. You know, we, we know that um, money is not a moral thing. You know, the Bible sort of paints that money is amoral. It's neither good or bad. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So whether you've got money or not, that's not the issue. It's not how much money you've got. It's how much money has got you is the issue. It's whether it captivates you or whether you steward it. That's the, that's the issue. But, I, you know, I know that in today's world, there are people who try and create shortcuts about making a fast buck. And they create some shortcuts. There's, there's, a, there's a myriad of get-rich-quick schemes out there, aren't there? There's a myriad of them that say, if you will just invest a little bit, then in six months' time, you could be a multimillionaire like I am. 
The reason they're a multimillionaire is because they keep taking thousands of pounds off people like you. But what happens is that we're being presented with schemes all the time that try to bypass the not yet. Because there's a journey on our lives to prepare us for that. Now, I believe, you know, the scripture says God will cause you to prosper so you can be generous on every occasion. He's not, he's not concerned, as I said, about the money. He's concerned about our hearts in it. And there's something that God is preparing and deepening for. I, I love seeing um, people prosper in this world and the things of this world that have served the journey and they've learned to steward well. They've learned to honor God well in the small things. And they incrementally, they, you can see they de- their roots are going deeper. Their life is becoming more shaped by the things of God. And so when the great blessing comes on their life, they're already deepened in their life to know how to handle it. But it takes walking through the not yet, wearing the clothes of patience. And of course, patience... It's not just a man-made decision. Patience is a fruit that grows with the Spirit of God in our lives. Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Patience comes as we drink from the Spirit of God in our life, He wants us to be aware that He has placed before us that new wardrobe that He has created that we choose to wear. James chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, talking about some of the challenges we face in this world. It says, For you know that when faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your patience or your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. As we come to a close in a moment, we're going to share communion together this morning and probably need to give you a 10 minute warning on that just so that you can get your cups prepared I found out how to do it come closer I'll tell you the first bit's easy isn't it you just lift the lid it's the second bit you find difficult isn't it I've been saying farewell to people on the way out of church and they've been covered in juice the way to do it you're not going to remember anything else I'll say today other than open the communion cup and just in case it didn't work, I prepared this one earlier, like in true good Blue Peter manner. But you just, you clip that bit down. Snap it down. You hear those clicks around the room? And then pull it back. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else had a breakthrough moment right there? Because these have been testing our patience for weeks, haven't they? We've been in the not yet of communion for weeks now. Some of you have been pretending. It's been sealed and you've been pretending to do that on a Sunday. But in a moment we're going to share this together.
And we're going to share it because we know that the very epicenter of our hope, the very epicenter of us holding on, the very epicenter of us being able to clothe ourselves in patience in the not yet, is that we know we are loved and we have a savior. And communion is a meal that we enjoy together that gathers us around that hope. It's not about, I've got this circumstance, I'm in this not yet, you're in that not yet, you're, you're, the, you're in that then moment, you're celebrating. Or I've just had this seed sown in my life. It doesn't matter where we are, we're united in Christ. And he's the Lord of our now, he's the Lord of our then, and he's the Lord of our not yet. And wherever you're at, he's the Lord of your life. And if you're watching online this morning, you're in this room, and you don't know Jesus, I've got amazing news for you. You can't earn this hope, but you can receive it. And you receive it by acknowledging that you need Jesus. I remember as an eight-year-old, gathered around a campfire in a place called the Forest of Dean on the Welsh-English border. And around this campfire with some friends at night, someone gave the invitation, would you like to know Jesus? And I remember saying, I do. I want to know him. And I remember consciously deciding, if Jesus would give his life for me on the cross, I want to give my life to him. And that can be your story. You can say on the 1st of August, 2021, I was sat in a building in the middle of Exeter. I was watching the church online. And I was given the opportunity to receive Jesus. And you can. Who's made that decision? in their life in the past. If anybody's undecided, maybe you could express that in a little bit more of an excited way than just lifting a hand. <laughs> Who's? <laughs> Who at some point in their journey has had the chains of their past fall off, the shame taken away from their lives? hope for tomorrow in their life, given the company and know that Jesus is with them every moment of the day. Who's experienced that? If you were leaving a Google review for salvation, how many stars would you give it? How long would your description be about how life-changing this is? I've got a feeling there'd be a long, long review. And it would be Something along the lines of five stars are not enough. And we get to share this together. Body of Christ. United. Don't let this become so familiar that we forget its power. We take this every morning, by the way, Monday to Friday. 7.25 online. We join together on Facebook or YouTube and we take communion what a start of the day, be reminded of my hope is not in my diary. My, no, my hope is not 
how much my hair stuck up when I woke up this morning. And my, my, my hope is not in how good my breakfast is. My hope is I have an anchor in Jesus. And take a moment to center your life around that hope first thing in the morning. If you're not a morning person, why don't you think about becoming one? Or you can watch it on catch-up, actually. Take communion with us every day. But as we remember this hope, let's reconsecrate our lives to trust God in the not yet and to clothe ourselves in patience. But if you've never known Jesus, before we take this together, because we'd love you to take it with us, we're going to pray. We're going to ask you to close your eyes. And if you would like, whether you're online or in the room, to receive Jesus' love, his forgiveness, his freedom, and his hope. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You can repeat the words in your mind or out loud if you want to. It's up to you. Jesus will hear your thoughts as well as your words. And if you want to receive him, you pray either these words or something like it. And it goes like this. You pray this with me. Jesus, I thank you that you love me. And you don't just say that with words. You proved it by giving your life on the cross for me. And I know I've left you out of my life. I've not followed you. I've messed up. I thank you that you are committed to loving messed up people. And I thank you that you look beyond that and you love me. But I thank you that you died to clean up my mess, to take away my shame, to set me free from my past. And I invite you now to come into my life and to do just that. I want to know your love, and I want to love you. I want to follow you. Fill me with your spirit now, in Jesus' name. Just while everybody remains praying, if you prayed that prayer, either for the first time or to come back to God, everyone else has got their eyes closed, but I'm going to be looking around the room and just... For your benefit more than ours, really, just to say, yeah, I pray that prayer. So that when you leave this place, you don't go away thinking, did I do that or did I, didn't I? It's good to make a, a confession of decisions, particularly major decisions that you made. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to come back to God and you're in the room, would you just lift your hand? When I've seen it, I'm not going to call you out. I'll just see it, acknowledge it. You can put it back down and I'll know to include you in a prayer. If you're online, thank you, sir. Is there anyone else this morning who wants to experience this? If you're online, you can put in the chat and say, I prayed that prayer. People will gather around your chat and they will try and encourage you and pray for you and bless you. Is there anyone else this morning? Father, you know who's prayed this prayer. I pray this one gentleman that's in the room this morning and I pray now as I pray that he will know the closeness of the presence of God. And I pray that he will know the love of God supernaturally releasing him from every area of shame in his past. And he will know the acceptance of the King of glory. Surround him, Lord, I pray. Amen. I know you don't know who it was, but could we give a clap and welcome this guy into the family of God? Welcome this morning. Come on, a better one than that.
Sounds like a slow hand clap. And none of us can earn to take this. So if you just became a Christian, you're now made worthy. And Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life on the cross for us. Thank you for the joy of our salvation. Thank you that we're made alive in Christ. As you take this way for now, express your thanks to God from your heart, not just from your head, from your heart, and rededicate yourself to him. Let's do it together. And on that last supper, just before Jesus was arrested and crucified, died, and then was resurrected, before all that happened, he spoke to his disciples. He passed the cup around. He said, this cup is a representation of my blood, the new covenant. It's not just a promise or an idea. It's a covenant. That means that he is committed to you completely. And as we share this drink together, thank you, Jesus, for your commitment to us. And we reconsecrate ourselves to trust you in all seasons of our life, even the not yet seasons. Help us to clothe ourselves in patience as we trust in you. Let's take this together. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Father, I pray this day, this week, and every moment, we will choose wisely from the wardrobe that you've given us in every season of our life, I pray in Jesus' name.